background to why I wanted to call you is like this yeah. week has been so intense. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I think like it goes with the kind of concept with the podcast is mm. that is a is a conversations about change. That's what yeah. we call it. And and uh, and and the first step is like okay, we have lockdowns, we have the pandemic, the world is changing. Mm. And on top of that, because I've been talking to uh, my aunt in Seattle, and I'm talking yeah. to my friend in in New York, and we've been talking about like the state of uh, how America is kind of like changing during this time, and has been changing. Yeah. And uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, this this like Black Lives Matter movement mm -hmm. is kind of like just just um, having like a boom all of a sudden. Yeah because of, of, of this tragic event. And I, I thought that now is kind of the time to, to try and have a little bit of that conversation, right. the mix as well. And, and, and uh, yeah, you're the first person I've, that, to, that I thought about, you know, yeah. because of this. You know? Thank you. <laughs> and you're, so, and I know you're hard to, to get a hold of, but yes, but, but super, super happy to have you here. Uh, uh, in the conversation and uh, but first of all just um, just uh, introduce yourself a little bit why, why am I calling you because of Black Lives Matter <laughs> exactly <laughs> have no idea you know those poor African Americans wow no um, yeah I think I think I think the thing about you know being both at this age an African American outside of outside of the states yeah. And to see how these things happen with the whole legacy of, of Martin Luther King, uh, that's, it's disturbing. I mean, it's, you know, the thing is that you can still be afraid of police in the States. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, y'all, my name's Edward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Edward Thomas. Um, and, and I live here in Sweden. And, um, um, and the funny thing is that Yesterday we had a uh, a demonstration in Stockholm. Yeah, um, several thousand of people were out there on the streets and everything, and uh, and that really really kind of shook me, you know. Yeah. Because I didn't really expect for people in Sweden to react that way, and I didn't expect that many people to be upset about something that happened to an African American in in the states. Because before, when other things have happened, I mean, we've had other killings by police where there's been rioting and things like that. And I don't think anyone in Sweden really reacted. No. Um, so, but this time, I th and I think compo compounded with the coronavirus pandemic, uh, then maybe, maybe because everyone's not running around anymore, you know, uh, people are staying at home and life has slowed down that this whole world just all of a sudden just got this pause, you know? Yeah. And I think that maybe now people are, they're listening, they're yeah. seeing, and so, because we're not running around, you know, like this, then, um, then I think maybe that's why people are reacting more now. Mm. Um, um, in the States, it might be more frustration and stuff like that. But, but then it also highlights the fact that we really have to also, in Sweden, we have to deal with this problem of racism. Yeah. Um, and it sort, of, it sort of highlights it and brings it home because in Sweden, we always say that, Oh, but it's not like in the States and, you know, Sweden doesn't have the same, we always make excuses for the racism that's here in Sweden, but, yeah. um, but, you know, the story of most black people is that they've had some experience with racism and then 
some people have more. So the more yeah. first generation immigrants often have more than maybe their children will experience or their grandchildren. Yeah, it's it's definitely everywhere. It's just has different forms of it. And and maybe it's mm. easier to see the systematic racism in, in, in America and in, in yeah. Latin America with the slavery. But yeah. but to rewind a little bit, it'd be interesting to just tell me about you because you're you um grew up in, in California, like Orange yes. County, right? No, no, I I grew up in Northern California. So oh, I grew yeah, up in, in true, Oakland. True. Right Oakland. across from San Francisco. So I grew up in in the hood, <laughs> yeah. in the ghetto. Uh, yeah, so I grew up in, in Oakland, um, which had, um, was racially diverse, but still you had like, you, there were areas where, you know, Latinos lived in this area. They lived around East 14th, below East 14th. You know, black people lived in East Oakland or West Oakland. In North Oakland, it was more racially diverse. Yeah. Uh, Chinese people lived around the Fruitvale area. So there was like in different, even though the city is, is racially diverse, he still had parts of the city where the majority of the people in that particular area belong to a certain ethnic group or something. Um, but at the same time, you all, it was so normal having friends and neighbors that came from other cultures, didn't look like you ate other kinds of food. And so it kept things pretty cool. And, and Oakland was next to Berkeley and Berkeley is where they had student riots. And we had a lot of protests for like the Viet, against the Vietnam war and things like that. So yeah. So I grew up with that that sort of hippie, you know, let's try to make the world a better place. Let's try to be cool and to other people and, yeah. uh, and stuff. This was kind of like just a couple of years, because you're kind of born around the time where the, the, the what do you call it? The, like the civil rights thing? Yeah, I think civil, yeah, you were kind of born around that. Yeah, like, like I was born almost, like, because I was born in 62. My mom was born in 45. And my mom grew up in the South. So my mom grew up with the Jim Crow laws. So where, you know, you had yeah. um, the laws of the country said that black people and white people couldn't get together. And, you know, if you were a black person, you looked into the eyes of a white person, you could be killed for that. Mm-hmm. Um, a white woman could just accuse a black man anywhere that he tried to touch me and that he would just be killed. Like you didn't even have to go to, you were never taken to court. So that's, and my mom, she remembers like when they integrated their high school and um, and she, so the guards, the National Guard had to come and take her to school and had to make sure the bathroom was cleared out. And then when the Ku Klux Klan burned the house across the street from my grandmother's, that's when they decided to move to California. So I was the first generation, I was the first person in my, both my father's side and mother's side, who was actually born in California um, and, and not brought up in the south and not brought up under the jim crow laws and stuff like that mm-hmm. so so one generation away um but yeah. but i remember you know i remember i was in school when martin luther king died um you know i could sit on any bus anywhere i wanted to in in, in oakland um but housing you know mm-hmm. wasn't always so open to black people you know there were other kinds of discrimination jobs housing um i remember that yeah. teachers you know um, were surprised that I was in the, you know, advanced math and science classes because they didn't expect any black people to be there. Uh, so it's just in a different kind of way, you know. Yeah. You could drink from any water fountain, you can go to any restaurant, you can see anyone on the bus. But there were still other types of discrimination and maybe glass ceilings and stuff like that. But that was, you know, nothing at all like what my mom's generation had gone through. My grandparents' generation was even worse. Mm. Um, 
so that uh, um, and then I expected that when I would move to Sweden, I felt that that would be sort of you know something behind me. I didn't really expect to meet racism in Sweden and have to deal with it uh, in in the ways that that I've had to deal with it here. But uh, but the states are still worse. I mean, it it really was. But. Oh, I think also the at least for me, growing up in the eighties mm. with a lot of like black superstars, you kind of get a bit misguided in that sense that you feel like, mm. oh, but you know, it's all good, you know, because because you only get 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 that image of the like the celebrity American. Right. Right. And and and, and then you and then you of course you learn about Martin Luther King and slavery and everything, but you mm. didn't really get the whole picture and you didn't really no. understand how it uh, no. transfers into other uh, other parts of the society as yeah. you said and especially as you say housing is a big part of that because that's mm. how you grow your wealth and how you can exactly. sustain and 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 yeah. um you know get a, get a loan from the bank to start your own business and all oh. those opportunities yeah yeah all those so, kind of things that you that you're that you're denied you know because yeah. just because of the skin color not because of bad credit or you're not trustworthy or you don't have any experience it's just the color of your skin, something you can't even choose or anything, you know. Yeah. Um, and and I, I well, I, I remember since I was I was also you know listening to a lot of hip hop when I was <laughs> growing up. Like it, it became yeah. like a thing in the here in in, in the early nineties. Right. You've heard about all these, you know, like you know groups like NWA singing like right. the Police and exactly. And you understood, and there was this uh, uh, Rodney King, I think uh, was his name. Um, yeah, yeah, Rodney some, King. Yeah, yeah well, there was some 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 of that stuff that you kind of realized that okay, this is a problem, but but at least it's just like oh, but it's it's not in the system as much. That's kind of like the the thing that you 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 thought you thought like it was still something you just like lagging yeah. behind a little bit. But but just to to fast forward to today, where or yeah. the last couple of years, I think. Especially after Trump and and after Obama is well, you, since you kind of you kind of like the the, the 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 picture of America is kind of changing a lot for us here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, I think it, yeah. where we what's happening is that the 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 everyday racism that's always been part of America yeah. is just being reported on now. Yeah, people yeah. aren't glossing over that, and I, and I, and I and I think that for especially for people around the world, they have to remember that. It was only a generation. It wasn't even a generation ago no. that it was okay to lynch a black person, hang a person by a tree. Not no kind of justice. You never got to go to court. You never got to present your side. Just you were accused. That meant you were guilty. And a mob could come and hang you up on a tree. Mm. Um, there's in, in some of my research and stuff with gospel choirs and gospel music and slavery. Um, there are actually articles of people who wrote about. Um, so they would they would have a lynching. They're going to lynch these lynching was when they would hang a person uh, and and defame their body and stuff. And so people would come out, a uh, couple of hundred to a thousand people, to watch a black person be strung up on a tree. Sometimes they would cut off souvenirs, like cut off their toes and the ears, and keep them as souvenirs and stuff like that. Um, people would take their children to see this, and so it was. I mean, it's. In a way that I think for people who are outside the States, you know, it's hard to imagine that kind of brutality, yeah. you know. And then when the things like Rodney King or what's just happened, you know, a few weeks ago now this year, mm -hmm. or just last year or the last couple of years, where you just have this 
wave of black people getting, especially black men, mm-hmm. being killed by police. Um, always in the in this in the in the situation where the police are stopping. It's not like they're walking to a bank and someone's robbing a bank. Oh, and they happen to be black, and now there's a gun. That's not like it's not like in the movies. These are people being stopped by the police, or the police coming out to investigate something, and just automatically assuming that black people, I guess, have guns or something or whatever. Um, but where there's it's chokeholds, whether it's shooting people who have no weapons, uh, whether it's you know beating people and stomping on them because they dare to say, "Hey, could you stop doing that to me?" Yeah. Uh, what happens is it brings, especially for for black people and brown people, you know, Latinos and, and black people, it's, what happens, it brings us back. It says that that lynching could still happen now. It could happen to me. It could happen to my kids. I mean, my son is still, it lives in Chicago. My youngest son, Jonathan. My daughter with her husband, you know, they live in California. My brother's in California, you know. Uh, my sister, my mom, I mean, you know, it makes you feel so unsafe because you never know, you know, when you walk out the house, if this is going to be my last day alive. And that's not really a safe, you know, like if I was white, I would have to worry about that in the, in the same kind of way. And so it just still, it just feels so unfair that just because of skin color yeah. or, you know, hair texture or whatever it is yeah. that you have less security and have to live in more fear. And I think that that, that makes people on both sides react in a bad way. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, it's I mean it's it's hard. It's hard for people I think in the world to imagine a pent up frustration about a situation that never ever seems to get corrected. Yeah. Um, police officers get away with killing people, uh, but if it had been a black officer doing that to a white person, it would have been. A totally different picture yeah. would have been removed right away, you know, uh-huh. prosecuted. I mean, the whole thing. And that's the yeah. thing that's so, so distressing that the, whatever justice there is, mm. it isn't equal. You know, it doesn't it doesn't get equally applied to everyone in the same way. At the same time, what kind of a jerk thinks that they're going to resolve things by robbing small businesses? I mean, it mm. it pisses me off. Because here's all these young kids who have nothing to do with the civil rights movement. They have no idea what our grandparents or parents had to do for us to have the freedoms that we have. Mm-hmm. And they show that appreciation. Talk about Martin Luther King and stuff. Martin Luther King was nonviolent. He would have never tolerated that people would have gone out and rioted and robbed small businesses who are already hurting because of Corona. I mean, do people, you cannot be that stupid as to think that, yeah. that riot, that, Robbing small businesses is the way to get the police to stop abusing people or abusing their power. Mm. Go and surround the police station. Stand there and protest in silence. Don't I mean, we? We the freedoms that black people have weren't gained ever gained by violence. They were gained by persistent standing your face. No, we want to sit at this counter and be served like everyone else. Mm. If you beat me, if you put the dogs on me, you put the water on me, I'm going to come back here until you recognize that I am. In at a human being, equal, you know, in status, equal in value to you. And my money is just as good as your money. I just want to get service. I, I want to eat your pie. I want to have your chicken, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's, you know, it just, it just, it bothers me that 
that these small businesses that were struggling, that were employing probably black people and brown people and young people mm. are targeted by people who say they're upset because of what the police do. Well, they're not, you know, that, that, that's, not how you, that's not how you resolve the thing. That's not how you make the system better. You reinforce you those, those negative things. But you can also, can't you also see the, the frustration of, of, of you know, you, you, you reach a kind of limit as well. And, and the people are out yeah. of that frustration. Yeah. Yeah, but if, if, but if, if you're really that frustrated, so then the next time you see a police officer abusing someone, instead of just taking a picture of, the, of recording it and just being passive, go over there and push the police officer off the person. Mm. Be willing to go. I mean, if you really are really going to do something, change, be willing to go to jail. That's what our grandparents and parents did. They were willing to go to jail peaceful. They were willing to go to jail to make changes so that people could vote and sitting where they want to and have access to education. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. The, yeah. mm, I mean, our frustration nowadays can never match what they had. No. You know, that, that other generation that lived in total terror every single day. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's so mind boggling to think that someone can rape you and you can't, don't have any rights or they could just kill your son, you know, mm-hmm. because he wanted to vote. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just so absurd. Uh, yeah, or because yeah. he corrected someone or, I mean, you know, and that was, I mean, they were frustrated. But they learned how to bear that frustration so that it would lead to results. Mm-hmm. This frustration that we have now, um, frustrated because police shouldn't be doing that. Be pissed off because we shouldn't have... A, in the Western world, these kind of things should not be happening. Yeah. But, but at the same time, you, we, I think we have to make the distinction between the frustration and just the ignorance and stupidity of looting and rioting. Yeah. Stealing a bunch of Rolex is, is not going to bring justice to anybody. Oh. <laughs> sure. But, but, but how, how have you been like emotionally or what's going on in your mind the last couple of weeks of this like coming up to the surface and this kind of like mm. you know the, the drop that makes the I don't know if this is saying in English and Swedish as well yeah. you know the, something that boils over and yeah we usually say that the, the drop that breaks the camel's back oh yeah 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 and, that and, one and, last drop and, yeah. and, and see uh, this kind of movement uh uh actually maybe yeah. for the first time kind of globally mm. uh, since since so much is kind of that's kind of beautiful in a sense even if it's super tragic also with the pandemic is yeah. some things are actually really uniting us right now you know and and somehow when this happened everyone <clears throat> felt like they wanted to also unite in this yeah. thing in a different way i guess than before and that tells something about uh, some kind of movement of mm. change that could, could start. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, I mean, I think the good parts of, of it is just to see how people all around the world have reacted. And people are willing, I mean, one aspect of it is people are risking their lives by going outside without masks, you know, a mask on, you know, mm. and masks just to uh, show their, their, to protest something they feel is injustice mm. and unfair. Um, that takes courage. I think that's a good thing. Um, I think that I think that 
making people aware and not just letting it so sink into the background uh, is also a, a good part of it. Um, and I think maybe maybe one of the things is that with Corona, everyone is so digitized now. Yeah. People who are locked down in their houses. I mean, here in Sweden, we have a soft lockdown. So it's up to each individual to decide to yeah. stay home. Um, and still a lot of people do that. A lot of people have decided to, you know, I, I work 50% at home. I mean, I can't do funerals over the internet or anything like that. But so I still have to go to work and I have to still meet with people and talk about the funerals or the baptism or the weddings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, when I can work from home, I work from home. And I don't have to. I don't have to have a fear of losing my job or the pay being cut or anything like that. So Sweden is a little bit more set up in that in that regard that your employer trusts you and stuff like that. But it's not so much in the states. Um, but I would say the mental thing for me, the thing is that I feel afraid. Um, I feel afraid to go back home to the states to visit my mom. It just it increases my fear and anxiety that maybe this time I might also get killed. You know. Oh. Uh, not because I've done something, but just because I'm black. Um, so this is actually me, this is actually increasing your your fear. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it. It it makes me like I know when I go back home to the states, I'm going to be just extra. Um, I was I was home in I was in the states in in uh, in March. Um, I went to a conference there in South Carolina, oh, and I went with two people from Sweden. Just before the, the... Just before, right? When everything... When we were there, everything broke out. <laughs> oh. Right when we were there. So we had to try to get home and the flight was canceled. And um, But I told everyone, I said, you know, um, you know, this is the States. And we might get stopped by the police, you know? And if I'm driving, you know, and the police officer is just, you know, not cool with that or whatever, please do not say anything. Please do not aggravate. Don't try to... We're not in Sweden, you know? They can shoot you here, you know? So don't just let me handle it, you know? And I'm like, if he wants to make me get on the ground and put my face to the ground, lay my hands out or whatever, you know, because he wants to make sure that the white people in the car are okay, uh, don't argue with him. We'll just do that because, as, you know, as long as he sees that people are listening to him and following his instructions, then maybe he'll leave, leave us alone. Um, and they're just like, what? That's not for real. I'm like, that's for real. Yeah. Now with this thing that's happened, that just makes that even more, oh, yeah. you know, that when I go back home, maybe I shouldn't drive a car, you know, just because I don't want, I don't want to get stuck. Maybe I should avoid certain areas because I don't want to get stuck, you know? Um, so it, yeah, it makes, I'm worried about my brother, you know, obviously my son, um, you know, and then it makes me also more fired up to make sure that wherever I'm at, which happens to be in Sweden now that I, do my part to to not let racism just just happen and not react. Uh, I have my part here to play to make sure that uh, we remember to uh, to call it out when it happens. Yeah. Well, what do you think um, are the kind of outputs from this thing that's happening now? I mean, it's very early in the sense that it's it could just be a hashtag, actually. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I I hope not. But but what is what do you see? Some kind of what's the hope you feeling right now in this? Oh, wow, that's a hard one. 
I want I want to have hope. I, I do. Um, I'm just afraid that we have a president, you know, who who tweets what he tweets, yeah. you know, and that what it does is that, and we've seen this happen before, where when the Ku Klux Klan is demonstrating, I think it's in South Carolina, and he's like, you know, well, there's some good people out there, mm. and everyone else is like, it's the Klan. What good person was out, you know, you know, it's the Klan and the neo Nazis. Were there good people out there? No. But from his perspective, it is. Yeah. And so we have a president that has helped to increase the amount of racism, open racism in, in the states, to increase the amount of the, the boldness that people feel it's okay to do the things that for almost you know, 40 years, it's not been okay. Uh, so I want, I want to have hope, but, um, but I feel like with the current administration, and with our president's inability to to be a leader that brings healing, we have a president that is bent on bringing division, and that's going to make this problem grow. So I I feel like it might get worse. And now that he wants to call in soldiers, you know, the army to try to maintain law and order, that makes me feel like we're moving towards you know becoming a, a military state where the president's going to take over all the power with the military and impose his will on everybody um, um, at, at the same time you know I would say that I, my hope is that I, I think I think that police officers should wear body cameras I think it should be a law every police officer should have a body camera that's always on you turn it off if you're on duty you turn it off you should get fired because we have to come back to have some there's got to be some way that people can feel safe again with the police and that if something happens it's it's recorded we we know what really has happened between the police and that individual you know um that's what i would hope i would hope that there would be some national leadership and some courage that would uh that would implement true change you know uh train police officers that you know these chokeholds are dang dangerous and there are certain behaviors and attitudes which don't preserve and protect life. Um, they harm and take away life. That was a long answer. Wow, I'm really oh, worried. That's good. Well, I I, I feel like uh, I I shouldn't take up too. I'm, I'm really happy you wanted to join, for the you already shared so much. Uh, we could we should we should do a part two of this and talk. More. Yeah, yeah, I would love to. I would love yeah. to. That'd be really cool. Later on, to see what how this develops, and, and we mm. uh, we can catch up uh, and, yeah. and, uh, and, and go deeper. Yeah, because because this was a bit spontaneous, just yeah. just to just to touch ground about this. But but hey, that was was yeah. really nice what you shared. Thank you Thanks. a lot. Thanks. Well, I would I would like to add that I I yeah. hope what happens is that it raises consciousness consciousness for many if we say you know, Afro-Vikings or Afro-Swedes or oh, yeah. uh, those of us who have, whether you're African-American, we're not that many in Sweden, but there's a lot of people with African, like from Africa, uh, yeah. uh, 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 a lineage. And, and that maybe it helps to bring some, um, that particular plight, the glass sea ceiling mm. here, that maybe here, maybe there's some change that maybe it's not... It's not really ready yet in the States, but maybe here in Sweden, 
maybe that we can start working on our own inequality issues yeah. um, so that black people are not uh, underrepresented um, within society or the unemployment rate among black people is higher than among anyone else in Sweden, any other group of people. Um, and so maybe that's some of the things that we can do to help to eliminate some of those barriers so that everyone has access to the good life uh, of the, these high taxes here in Sweden, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, afford us. It's like a, Sweden's a good place to live, but it should be equal access to everyone. Everyone pays the same amount of their taxes. So. Great. Great last Thank word. you, man. Thank you. Thank you.